Welcome to this episode where I'll be speaking with Father Dave Pavanka, T-O-R, about the Holy Spirit. And I will test Dan and see if he knows about the most Jesus products on Amazon. All right, let's go. Welcome to the Net Ministries podcast. And now your hosts, Matt Reiswig and Dan Driver. Welcome to the Net Ministries podcast. I'm Matt Reiswig. And I'm Dan Driver. And we work for Net Ministries. Here at Net, we've noticed that uh, a vast majority of young people are disconnecting from the church. So in response to that, we send teams of young adults across the country to proclaim the gospel for a year of service. And we have a podcast. Yeah. We do indeed. <laughs> Dan, Dan, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well, yeah. What, it's, uh, what's going on? Well, not a lot. You see, I have this t-shirt today, which is pretty cool. The uh, cheese run? Yeah, it's the Kessel run, Oh, <laughs> which is a Star Wars reference. Oh, And it says, like, it looks can cheesy. you run it in less than two parsecs, which parsecs is a measurement of space. Okay. Is that a real, a real one or a made-up one? So it doesn't really make sense. It's a Star Wars thing, okay. so... But it doesn't really make sense. But I'm doing pretty well. I had another T-shirt in mind today, and I didn't get to wear it. So that's a little bit of a bummer on my day. How so, are you doing? So good. So I don't know why I misread your shirt as cheese run, but <laughs> it made me think, isn't this a thing in England? And maybe I just yes. made this up. No, it's a thing. The thing where they roll cheese down a hill yes. and everybody runs after it? It is. And the local council to that area is trying to shut it down. Imagine well, a re- like a hill that's yeah. like kind of this steep. So once you get start running... You can't stop, and you're going to fall over. So you have a chance of like trying to go down on your backside, or people tumble down, and they're breaking bones and all this kind of stuff. And this has been going on, I don't know for how long, but it's a big wheel of cheese. You know, they make cheese in yeah. wheels, and then they just roll it down. And whoever gets the cheese wins. Uh, and that's it. They and win the cheese. Hurt. And I think there's even been some broken necks and things like that. So, so they, win, they win a prize or just the lumpy cheese that fell down? I don't even think they win a prize except <laughs> for the honor of being like the champion kind of cheese chaser. Okay, or if you're not familiar with this, just uh, pause the podcast. Or you can keep listening to the podcast, yeah. whatever. And Open just another Google, Google cheese, cheese Run Hill, yeah, cheese, England. Yeah, I think it's in Gloucester, words. England. So. so I have a couple of questions. I'm assuming that like, uh, I mean, here in the U.S., when it's like recess time at school, all the kids go out and they'll play like kickball or like basketball. But in England, is it just like you're practicing for the cheese run? That's exactly it. Every <laughs> school across the nation has their own wheel of cheese that they just roll into the playground and kids just fight over it. So that's, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, my other question is why? I, I know you're talking about the cheese wheel, but is it just like why? Why a cheese wheel? Like why not some other shape? It could be... Because well, I mean, ball. it's I made know. in a pot, so like, it ends up being like really, yeah, it's made in a. Well, I'm learning a lot about a cheese vat. right now. So you have okay. like milk that curdles, and then then they compress it into like sacks, and they push it down and down with a weight on top of it, and it just ends up being a wheel. 
okay. shape. I was going to make some at home, but it was kind of Really? You're going to make cheese? Yeah, you can make cheese. Yeah, I'm, just YouTube it. <laughs> okay, stop what you're doing. <laughs> Go make some cheese. YouTube, then come back YouTube here. making cheese. Tell us how um, it tastes. Wow. Wow, this is great. You could have been the guest on this podcast. <laughs> I just talked about cheese. You could, I could probably talk about cheese for a while. So. Here's our podcast on yeah. cheese. <laughs> um, anyways, Dan, I have a game for you. Awesome. Do you, do you want to jump into it? I am game. Okay. Here's the game, Dan. Okay. Uh, you're familiar with Amazon.com, I'm assuming. Mm, I think I've yep. heard of Okay, that great. One. Well... Uh, like, you know, any other retailer, fine retailer, Yes. there's a lot of Jesus-themed products that you could buy on yeah. Amazon. And so uh, I went through and I found some surprising Jesus-themed uh, things you can get on Amazon. At the same time, I just made up some products that potentially could be on Amazon. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a product and I'm going to read you a review of that product. Okay. And it either is real, straight from Amazon, or just I thought of it a little while ago. I'm all over this. I'm going to win, so... Okay. Here we go. So, Dan, we're going to call this game, Do You Know Your Jesus-Themed Products? Mm -hmm. So we're going to find Jesus out. Jesus-themed, not Jesus. Jesus-themed. Okay. Well, we should mention our sponsor, <laughs> Cheese, <laughs> of this episode. Oh, uh, Okay. Here we go, Dan. Here is the first product. I want you to picture mm. in your mind a shower curtain, but also remember that uh, remember that Jesus, the famous Jesus painting. I'm sure it has a name. Revelation three twenty. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So it's yeah, like Jesus knocking on a yeah, door. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, just yeah. overlay that painting on a shower curtain. Right. It's called the Jesus Knocking on Your Door Religious Shower Curtain. Okay. He's knocking on the shower door. Here is, oh, here's the description. Okay. A beautiful image is printed on the shower curtain. It's a nice choice for your bathroom. It can beautify your room. Images imprinted using heat dye sublimation technique for lasting mm. effects. It's not going to go away, just like Jesus. <laughs> you will have a good time when you are taking a shower. You will not regret choosing this product. <laughs> And remember, Jesus is watching. <laughs> okay, so Dan, is that real or did I make it's it up? It's got to be real. It's just like bizarre enough to be like a weird thing that like someone has. Like, I don't know. If I was a grandma, I'd have one in my house. Okay, Dan, well, you are correct. I think the big giveaway so was weird. the word sublimation, which clearly I did not know before okay, reading this. Okay, but also, like, in the description, they were really, like, neutral and didn't want to offend by actually saying, like, Jesus yeah. or, like, any kind of religious, like, like language. Yeah. That was kind of weird, I thought. I'm confused on why they needed to tell you at the end, you will not regret choosing this product <laughs> in the description. <laughs> yeah. That definitely makes me worried, for sure. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Okay, this next one has a very uh, specifically detailed uh, title. It's the mm. 2015 Commemorative Pope Toaster. And here is a review. What an amazing product. Mm. The image looks just like Pope Francis. Now I have breakfast with the Pope every morning. It's so easy to use. And the images can be switched out so easily by just sliding the plates out and putting in different ones. Mm. So I guess you have multiple Pope, op mm. Pope Francis picture options. Oh, Dan, is that real or did I make it up? There's got to be a toaster that has Pope Francis' face on it. 
Dan, that's correct. That yes. is a real, real product. Just I don't think I don't know if there's a 2016 or a 2017, but there's, there's definitely plates. So I mean, it could be interchangeable. You could put Mother Teresa in there. You could put Jesus in there. Green you could Bay put Packers, whatever. Spider Man, yeah. like okay, yeah. Okay, this next product is called the Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep Praying Pillowcase. This is a review. My child no longer had bad dreams after using this pillowcase. Anytime she was scared, she pushed the prayer button, uh-uh. and the pillowcase angel recited the Our nope. Father, comforting her and allowing her to go back to I'm sleep. I'm afraid right now. <laughs> so it's a pillowcase with a little button that you can press that prays the Our Father. And they call it an angel that recites uh, the Our Father. Uh, uh, that's terrifying. And they said a the little girl wasn't scared. Yeah. So I think you made it up. <laughs> I definitely made it up. But <laughs> but if you're out there, I mean, how hilarious would that be? Especially when the battery starts going dead and it's like, our father. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This next product is the Jesus Soccer action figure titled, I Am Victory. Uh, here's the review. A five-star review. What's not to like about this? Like Jesus, love Jesus, in the least, it's worth a spot next to a family portrait. So it's an action figure of Jesus playing soccer, and this person recommends that you put it up next to your family's portrait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's another review. This is just as a one-star review. Okay. This is just tacky and inappropriate. Jesus should be a goalkeeper because Jesus saves. Oh, booyah. Is that real or did I make it up? No, you made that up because you want to showcase that you're witty and funny. I wish I made that up, but that is a real product. And that's a real review. Both of them are real. Both are real. I love it. Tacky and inappropriate. Somebody give that man a toaster. I don't know if they bought the product just so they can make that joke. Yeah, probably not. Okay, uh, the next one is a pair of socks. They're called Jesus Sandals Walking Socks. That's gross. Uh, and they're socks that look like sandals gross. with socks. Nope. <laughs> Wait, it's a sock that looks like sandals right, like, with socks. It doesn't look like sandals with bare feet. It looks like sandals, like socks. You're wearing socks, and then you're wearing sandals. But really, it's just socks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jesus Sandals Walking Socks. Here's a review. Okay. Every time I wear these, I feel like I'm walking through the streets of Galilee they do get dirty easily, but my wife washes them and dries them with her hair. Ew. I don't like socks in general. Um, or anything Especially socks and related. And, um, okay, well, <clears throat> you said this was the last one? No, there's two more. Oh, dang it. Okay, now I've got to pick. Would you make this up? Yeah, you totally make this up. I did make it up, <laughs> and I'm very proud that it says my wife washes them and dries them with her hair. So gross. It's disgusting, but but scriptural. This doesn't really, make, in a, in doesn't a really sense. make sense. I mean, I don't know. If you, I don't know how well you could dry socks with your hair. But, oh, but I, I get what you're trying to get at. The yeah. scripture passage of you know the lady like at yeah. Jesus's feet. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, the last product. It's a wooden box. It's a sign, decorative sign that says, uh, "Love Jesus, but I cuss a little." Okay, and here's the review. <laughs> this is a real review. Fun saying for those with a colorful vocabulary. Small enough for a desk, but not intrusive. I bleeping love it. (laughs) 
Did they write in bleeping or did they, they write? They wrote I bleeping. Okay, okay, it, yes. okay. So well, it's... you just told me it was a real review, which means it's a real product. So I'm going to go with it being a real product. It's a real product. <laughs> and uh, I just love that they wrote, they actually wrote out, I bleeping love it. <laughs> it's hilarious. Anyways, uh, Dan, good job. I mean, Thank I think you. you got like yeah. six out of seven. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, good job. Huh. Dan, you clearly have been spending way too much time just cruising around Amazon looking, looking for Jesus, Jesus products. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Dan, so so what are we really here to do today? Well, What's on the show today? We're going to talk about Jesus a little bit. Okay. We're not going to talk about cheeses. Okay. Not anymore. But we are going to focus on Maybe the, in the outro. <laughs> Holy Spirit with Father Dave, um, who is a TOR, but he is also now the president of Franciscan University in Steubenville, which is great news. For everyone. Yeah, and he's a net alumnus too, which is super exciting. Super awesome. Yeah. So he and I, I think this was before he um, was elected or however that happens, conclave, I don't, yeah, know, I don't know what they do. Uh, we had a little discussion um, about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in what way should we be open to the Holy Spirit and how can we grow in openness and things like that. So, Great, awesome. All right, well, let's jump right into your interview with Father Dave Pavanka. Well, welcome, Father Dave, to the Net Ministries podcast. Super great. excited to have you here. No, it's great to be here. It's um, really, actually, I'm probably super excited to be here just as you are. Yeah. yeah. And you have had a busy day today because you've been with our youth ministry gathering, which we have every month during the year here for local youth ministers, yeah. mm-hmm. teaching them about what, what were you teaching them today? Um, actually, the cost of discipleship is that wow. the Lord... Uh, as we decide to follow the Lord, there's some sense of a cost that goes with that. Obviously, the price of our salvation has been paid, but we're able to enter into that. So, yeah, it's that, great. Actually, I, I always love, obviously, maybe for you, but not necessarily everybody who's listening, uh, I was on net 30-some-odd years ago, mm-hmm. and I love coming back. I mean, I'm really, I shared this afternoon that, uh, yeah, next to probably my family and, and being raised by the family that I did, Net was one of the greatest formative, transformative experiences of my life. So it's always great to come back here. It's yeah. incredible. I mean, for me as well, coming from England, having yeah. um, my family and having a pretty radical conversion experience, but then coming to Net, that yeah. was a real formative part yeah, of my yeah, life. Yeah, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. And I'm just grateful for what Net's done. So, Well, it's, it's awesome to, be to back. have you here. It's good to be back. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk life in the spirit today. I'm and open to that. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad you're open to it because yeah, yeah, yeah. it is something that I think is really important in our church, but it's also something quite controversial. I interviewed... It ought not be. It ought not be. But it, You know, just can I just say yeah. before we go on go that? Go ahead. You just sound cooler. It's, it's the <laughs> accent. It just sounds cooler. I don't know. Well... From my perspective, like, you sound cooler. So well, that's it's like probably true. Tit for tat. I just know? feel like I'm catching up here. Okay, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead. So, life in the spirit controversial shouldn't be controversial, but for some reason it is because I I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because there are an association with people crazy kind of charismatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, no, I I think I think why it's somewhat controversial is 
I think there's a population of people who, whenever we talk about the Holy Spirit, that they think that we're really, it's kind of just code. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're using that language, but we're trying to get them to be a part of something or part of some group. And that's not how I approach it, is, is that I think, undoubtedly, that it is impossible for us to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. In fact, I suggest that that's part of the problem, is that we have a population of people who are trying to be faithful, trying to be good, trying to be patient, trying to be loving and kind, and they're trying to do it on their own strength. And what that ultimately leads to is, I think, despair, is that we make up the decision, okay, I won't take, you're married, yep. I'm not. <laughs> but I hear that it's hard sometimes. Oh, uh, yes, Maybe just not a bit. for you, because <laughs> no, I've met hard. your wife no. before. Yeah. Well. But the, here's the thing. So, so we make up our mind that, that I want to be more patient, whatever it is. Mm. And we fall, and then we say, well, I'm going to try harder. And that's actually heresy. Mm. The, the, the fact that I can just, by just trying, I can be a better Christian. We need grace. We need the Holy Spirit. And in the day that we come to realize I simply can't do this on my own, is the day that there's really, there's a great freedom in that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind sharing a bit about your story? Maybe that day for you when you first realized you can't do this on your own and then yeah, yeah. your journey in the spirit, like specifically yeah. the key moments the spirit played in your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, honestly, that's one of the, the reasons that NET was so uh, beneficial for me. I remember when I first came, my mom's actually from the Twin Cities. So she came back and this was the old net center, you know, which is now I think a parking lot now. <laughs> and um, so I remember walking into the first evening, they said, we're going to have a prayer meeting. So that's great. That'd be wonderful. And I walk in and they're all like waving their hands and screaming and hollering and singing. And there was two emotions that I had that day. One is, goodness, I'm around people my own age that actually seem to love God. And that was not my experience. I went to a state school in, the, in Colorado and kind of a loner, felt a loner out there. That, and then I was with other people that seemed to be kind of similar to me. And yet there was something really different about them too. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it was over, this guy walks up to me and he says to me, he says, uh, he goes, I introduced himself. He said, um, when were you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I like I am the eighth grade catechism B champion of my school. Were you eighth grade catechism? No. Of course I was. All right. So I'm serious. So he says, when were you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, I mean, I was baptized as a baby. And he said, no, 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 no. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I had no idea what he was talking. And I yeah, thought yeah. as an eighth grade catechism B champion, I would know. <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking about. So he said, well, I want to pray with you. And he wanted to like place his hands on my head and pray with me. I said, you're not touching me. <laughs> So I found like the next day or so, somebody who was somewhat, what I consider somewhat normal. And I said, what's this whole thing, baptism of the Holy Spirit? I just, I'm not, what does that mean? And, and she said, well, it's just Pentecost. And I said, well, what do you mean? She goes, it's just Pentecost. And she said, Pentecost isn't something that was so only happening 2000 years ago, but Pentecost is an experience and encounter today. She walked me through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Matthew 3.11 speaks. John the Baptist says, uh, I've come to baptize you in water, but one greater than I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And I remember there was, back then there was this little chapel at the old net center um, late at night by myself. And I just, I, I said, Lord, I don't understand all this. I don't understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, at that time, there were people who had charisms and, and prophecy and words of knowledge and speaking in tongues and all that. And I said, God, I don't understand all this. But I made a prayer that changed my life. And all I said was, Lord, if you want me to have your Holy Spirit, if you want me to experience more of your Holy Spirit, then that's what I want. And my life changed. I, I experienced the presence of God that, that changed me, you know? 
St. Thomas Aquinas says that, that when, we, when we encounter the Lord, when we encounter His Holy Spirit, that two things happen, innovation and inhabitation. You, this sense of inhabitation that the Spirit of God comes and rests on us, mm. but then something new comes out of that. And that was my experience, that, that I was changed and, and there were sins that I had committed that, that I was experiencing grace and freedom from. I'd read the scriptures and the scriptures would come alive. I'd go to the Eucharist and it made more sense, right? My brother, I think, said quite beautifully and insightful, after this experience and in, in being home with him, uh, he said, Dave is finally the person he's always wanted to be. And that was, that was really true. I mean, Romans 7, why do I do the things I don't want to do? Hmm. And I can't do the things that I want to do. My brother saw what God was doing in my life through the presence of the Spirit and said, Dave's finally the person he's always wanted to be. Now, what I realized is, is that I had had encounters with the Holy Spirit before that. You know, what, what this allowed me to do and what NET and, and some of the people who were involved in NET at the time allowed me is to, first off, put it in reference to the scriptures, that the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is not merely a dogma or a theology or a doctrine, rather it's a person. It is the third person of the Trinity. And in the same way that, that I'm to have a relationship with the Father, I'm to have a relationship with the Son, the Holy Spirit is a person. And in that manner, we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We encounter the Holy Spirit. You know, whatever took place, you know, in, in the upper room, it wasn't them being given a piece of paper that they read about the Holy Spirit. Rather, they encountered the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God became real for them. And that's, I mean, that's what happened for me. And since then, I've had all kinds of experiences of the presence of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I realized, again, subsequent to that, that, that I'd had experiences and encounters with the Holy Spirit before. I just didn't quite have a language, nor did I have the, a sense of a release that the Holy Spirit wanted to bring in my life. That may be a lot more than you asked for, but... No, it, it's not enough. Okay. Tell me about... Um, I mean, you're wearing a habit right now, and you're a father. So this must um, have been a part of that discernment as well. The Holy yeah. Spirit must have played a role in that. Um, do you mind talking yeah. us through that? Uh, yeah, sure. Actually, one of the main reasons I came on net was to wrestle with that issue and try to figure that out. I was going to the university in Colorado, uh, small small school in my hometown, and... Um, just wrestling with the vocation. The thought about being a priest was in my mind and heart from the time I was little. Uh, but I needed to, I was, the time I was dating a gal, school, I was a kind of a, I was a poli-sci pre-law major. And I just felt I needed to get away and try to figure this out. What does God want me to do? And that's why I came on net. I just figured I'll give the Lord a year, get away from everything, being able to kind of pray through that. And, and for me, the really being able to come to our vocation, first off, the Spirit of God wants to make that known to us, the, that I came to understand it's not a riddle. You know, I think a lot of people approach mm. it like a riddle. If I can talk to the right person, read the right book, go to the right retreat, I'm going to be able to figure this out. It's not a riddle, that, that, it's, that it's in the depths of our heart. I love what the Psalms say, that the Lord um, fulfills the desire of our hearts. Yeah. You know, so we've got to be able to get to that. And sometimes that means peeling away and getting rid of some of the stuff that's in our heart, right? And really get to those deeper desires of our heart. And that's what, what Net and the Spirit really allowed me to do, just kind of get away from everything. And and then another is this was, I ended up transferring uh, after I was through with Net. I went and finished my college at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. In fact, that's where I met the Friars. But I remember sitting in a class one day and the professor said that the Lord, as we're trying to figure out our vocation, what the Lord wants, he said the Lord wants us to fulfill our vocation, whatever will make us most holy. Mm. And I remember walking out of class that day and it just kind of in my face about there's a direct relationship between the call that the Lord has in my life and the call to be holy. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, so I've got four brothers and a sister. Yeah, four brothers and a sister. I'm just making <laughs> sure about that. And and I, you know, I love my nieces and nephews and that life makes my brothers and sisters holy, mm-hmm. you know? And for me, I just sense my personality, kind of who I was, hopes, dreams, likes, all that, that ultimately serving the Lord as a, as a priest, as a friar would probably be how he would make me most holy. Mm. Yeah. I like what you said about it not being a riddle. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that a big question that people have when they're trying to listen to the Spirit in their life, especially if they're new to it, is like, how do I know? Yeah. How do I know that it's God talking to me yeah. right now? Yeah, and I've always found flipping a coin works as well as anything, you know? <laughs> Lord, I'll be a priest, heads or tail, two out of three, three out of five, five out of seven, you know? And that's one of the things I think that's important is that it's not a riddle. I remember I was, I was in a little chapel, again, trying to figure this out. And I kept on saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And I heard the Lord just, again, you have, sometimes you hear these words that just change the way you the way you live. I mean, it changes your life. I heard the Lord say to me, uh, give up that which you want to know for the one who wants to tell you, mm-hmm. right? Because what I was making is almost like God, you know, those little, I don't, I don't know, there are those little back, black balls. You ask a question and you shake oh, yeah, it. The magic eight ball. Yeah, yeah, the magic. So I think we treat like God like that. It's like, what do you want me to do? You shake it and it's going to tell me. But, and, and I just came to that place that if I would just give up that, what do you want me to do just and go after the heart of God? Okay. You know, and that's really the movement of the spirit that brings me deeper into his heart, that it's there that we ultimately discover what it is the Lord wants us to do. What does that mean? Go after the heart of God? Like, I don't understand. No, see, the thing is, what you need to do is you need to let those comments just go and say, gee, that sounds nice, but don't ask me to actually build up on it. Right. Right. No, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's that getting past facades, getting past, um, fears and anxieties, getting past the idea of a relationship with God and really getting to, the, to who God is. I mean, for me, getting at the heart of God is getting at, at his mercy, at his love for me, at his compassion for me, his kindness for me. And that asks a lot of me. I mean, that asks me recognizing my brokenness mm. and my sinfulness and my fears. And that, that place, that heart uh, where, where the presence of the Lord dwells, um, is is a, it's a place of transformation. It's a place of purification. It's mm. it's a place of being stripped and being vulnerable and being emptied and and finding God in the midst of that. Mm. You know, so and it's a, it, yeah. The closer we get to the heart, the more yeah, the more authentic it becomes. The more real it becomes. The more vulnerable it becomes. And that and that's also the in a strange paradoxical way of God that only God can do also the place that we feel most safe. Mm. You know, the world would say being stripped, being empty to go to the heart of God is going to cost whatever. Yeah, it's going to cost a lot. It's going to cost our life, but it's also the place we're going to find life. Yeah. 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 Very early on in my, in my faith. So I, I, I lived away from the Lord for quite a long time, mm-hmm. like maybe 10, 12 years. And I came back and it was a sort of radical conversion from hedonism into Catholicism. And I, it was beautiful, like a very idyllic, like beginning point. I lived and worked on a vineyard for a couple of years, living in this little like camper van. And I had shaved my head. Was and, it like, down by a river? I mean, it was by a river. I yes, knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it was. It was by river and vineyards in in it. southern England. Um, but I had 
like dove into the writings of the saints and I, and I loved it and I wanted to live like a saint. And one day I set myself to something and it was every single decision I have to make today. Mm. I am going to try and listen to God. What does he want me to do in every single decision? Mm. Mm. Um, this was very early on in my faith. And what ended up happening was at the end of the day, I was quite discouraged because I found that at several different points in very simple promptings, I did the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever done anything like that? Have you ever like? <laughs> um, no, I've never lived away from the Lord. I've never. <laughs> I've always done His prompting. You know, honestly, I think then what you what you're getting at is just really important, and, and I think that that is um, just the very simple road to holiness, and that is within every moment of our life to be able to respond to the grace of the Lord. I remember an old spiritual director of mine said to always say yes to the nudgings of God. Mm-hmm. And that's really that's really my hope and my prayer. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, there have been lots of times that I've said no. Mm-hmm. And you know, I joke that on, on my tombstone, if it just says Dave said yes, that would make me happy, mm-hmm. you know, just to be able to say yes. I remember I was in Tanzania one time and the bishop there was given this homily and he was talking about that that very thing about the Lord gives us blessings and gives us graces. Um, and if we say no to them, mm. he will just find somebody else who will say yes. It's not mm. like he stops loving me or stops. But if you don't want this, Dave, that, that's fine. That's up to you. I'm just going to give it to somebody else who will take it. And, and this bishop was preaching there. And again, it was one of those moments. This is the grace. This is the thing about the Holy Spirit is that if we pay more attention, we actually come to the reality that and understand that we have encounters with the Holy Spirit all the time. But more often than not, we're too busy to recognize mm. it, or we don't take the requisite time to think and meditate and reflect on that. So sitting on this this uh, stage in Tanzania, Africa, listening to this bishop preach, he said, and God will give it to somebody else. I just, I began to weep at that. That's the spirit of God just moving on us, right? And I said, Lord, I never want to say no to you. I mm. never want to say no to you because I never want you to have to go looking somewhere else. That that I want to be able to be that one that you can depend on, that if you ask me to do something, I'll do it. Now, with that being said, have I always done that? I have not. Mm. But what, one of the things that I love about the Lord is he is my encourager. You know, the Spirit is our advocate. He's our encourager. He's the one that's going to say, yeah. Can I tell a story? Yeah, please tell him. All right. So I come home. It's the Wednesday. This just relates to this. It's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I get home and I live in a friary where the guys don't cook. And, and they said, what are we doing for Thanksgiving tomorrow? It's like, you got to be kidding me. You know, I've been on the road and it's like, yeah. I come and say, well, are we going to have dinner? It's like, you guys, nobody cooks. So I go to the store on Wednesday night. Do not go shopping the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It's just awful, right? It's just an yeah. awful experience. Yeah. It's people like me that have not done anything. So I'm in, the, I'm in this one section, the vegetable section, and there's this woman there. And I sense the Lord saying to me, approach her. Mm. Go up and, and all. I didn't have this big sense about yeah. what the Lord was saying. Just approach her and say hi. And I was like, Lord, do you have any idea what I've got to do tonight? <laughs> and of course he does it because he never made a Thanksgiving dinner. His mom would take care of that, right? So it's like, you got to be kidding me. So I, I made this deal of which we always do, right? I made this deal with God. I said, okay, I'll tell you what. If I see her again, I'll approach her, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, I go yeah. around the corner and then I'm in the jelly aisle and there she is. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So I walked up to her and walked past her yeah. and never stopped. So I get back to the house that night and I'm in my chapel doing kind of a night prayer. And, uh, and I just sensed the Lord saying, didn't I ask? I didn't, again, I, there was no real clear word about what yeah. I just sensed I was supposed to. Yep. And I just sensed the Lord saying, didn't I ask you to do that? Yep. And, then, and then what came is the guilt, right? Ah, oh, crap. 
Can I say crap on a podcast? You can say that, yeah. Excellent. You just did. Thank you. <laughs> now, there may be this big beat that people are wondering, I wonder what just happened. But the, this is where the evil one started to move in, right? I began to go through this thing. It's like, oh, great. You know, she's now, nobody's going to approach her. Nobody's going to talk to her about Christ. She's not going to have a conversion. She's going to die in her sin and she's going to go to hell. Way to go, Dave. You know, <laughs> and all you were supposed to do is, that was not of God. Yeah. That, that discouragement, that kind of thing, that was not of God. And I just said, okay, Lord, I'm sorry that I had this prompting. I felt your spirit. How do I know? What does that look like? I it was just this this feeling, you know, this kind of push, this tug, this, you know, why why when I saw this gal, was there just something that, that that's the spirit? I can't totally explain it, right? But that's I the know, spirit. And, and the thing is, is I've, I've become familiar with it. So I yeah. know it. And I knew at that point that yeah. this was God. But this was the difference between the evil one and the Lord. The evil one is, Dave, you just... You, I mean, what kind of priest is that? I mean, this woman's salvation now because you, and, and that's the evil one. Mm. The Lord was, Dave, you'll do better next time. Mm. You know that, that I'm present to you. You know that I'm loving. And, and I love sports. And the, the image I had that night was the Lord basically patting me on the back and say, okay, get back in the game. Mm. You know, get back in the game. And that's, yes, I would love to say that I've never said no to the Lord, but I have. Um, but the Lord is merciful. Yeah. I think that story is really... I think that captures a lot of people's experience because yeah. I think if you're if you're you know any in any way trying to seek after the Lord, you get promptings like that all yeah. the time. Talk to that man at the bus stop. Talk to that woman on the train. Yeah, send um, the text message. Yeah, write the, the text, email. Write make email. the phone yeah. call. Absolutely. Compliment that person. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that yeah, I, I think that it's it's important because it is a normal experience as well to kind of. Ignore it and mm -hmm. get on with your day because yeah, yeah. You're, you're too self-focused or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Or it might just be that you move on to the next thing and forget about it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also important as well to recognize if you're someone who does that a lot, yeah. that God isn't, he's not just going to be like, well, tough. You're, I'm, I'm not, I don't love you anymore. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely. Yeah. But he will go, and it's scripture. Look at the scripture, you know. He will go to somebody else. Yeah. Because, because the other side of it is, so I'm in, I was in Assisi, and we're working on just doing some stuff in Assisi. And there was this couple in North Carolina. I'd met a couple of times. But I got up that morning, and, and they were just on my mind. I, yeah. I did not have a deep friendship with this couple. Um, but I just could not get them out of my mind. Couldn't get them. I went through the rest of the day. Couldn't get them. So at the end of the evening, I go back to that hotel and uh, I just sent them an email. I said, you know something? You guys have been yeah. on my mind all day. I don't know exactly what's going on, but just want you to know I'm praying for you. And don't worry, God's in control. That was just a sense. Don't worry, God's in control. Well, I get an email back an hour later. Uh, at that very moment, her husband was going into surgery. And they'd had the situation that morning. It was morning in the States. They had to rush the hospital. Rush him to the hospital. And so the, the thing that came about of this was a profound conversion for this couple. Yeah. That, that, again, I did not have this deeper. I knew them, they knew me, but, yeah. but that, that the Lord worked in that, worked through me and through them. Yeah. It was, they now speak to that as a really time of grace and conversion for their life, which makes me think about that poor gal in the grocery store. <laughs> but yeah. I, pray, I do pray for her. I mean, there's nothing I can do now, but I pray for her. But also, what a strengthening for your own faith yeah, as well. Absolutely. Like, what what a gift for you yeah. in that moment because you get to see the concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wow, you just worked. You know the Ooh. thing though, though, I think Dan, that some people do is is they they're they get too worried about is this right? Am I hearing yeah. right? Am yeah. I hearing correctly? Paul says in Corinthians, he says that our knowledge isn't perfect. 
Yeah. So I don't, I don't worry if I get it right or something right or wrong yeah. all the time. I just want to try to the best that I can to be responsive to the Lord. What's the weirdest nudging? Um, a guy texted me and said, would you come on my podcast? <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. Is this like a war? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. What's the weirdest thing God has ever like, said to you? And you're like, really? Is, is it you? Uh, now, now you should have given me a heads up. I mean, one of the ones I think was didn't happen to me. It happened to Sister Ann Shields, who yeah. I'm a huge... The, the scripture was the, the one that tastes like, tastes sour, no, tastes sweet and then becomes honey oh, yeah. in your stomach. So she sensed the Lord saying to literally cut the words out of the scriptures and eat it. And she did it. Whoa. But there's something about like, there's That's something weird. about, <laughs> it is, it is. But again, there is something about being obedient to yeah. what we believe the Lord is asking. Yeah. I'm, what's, I don't know. Now you put me on the spot. I don't know the weirdest thing. I don't know. I mean, I've. Yeah, occasions where I prayed for this. I was walking into a mall one time and I had this sense that this guy's knee was messed up and he was walking to the mall and I just walked up to him and said, listen, this is what's going on. That's pretty weird. But good, but but still weird, like weird mm. in the sense of like not usual. Yeah, not what. Okay, the and let me just let me just say, and this is kind of a, I'm going to get on a soapbox for a second. Yeah, um, this one of the things that I think freaks people out about the Holy Spirit is like I don't want to have anything to do with that. Mm. You know, this sense of it just, yeah. That the thing is, is as we grow in the relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's just not so weird, you know. Mm-hmm. That first off, that doesn't happen all the time, you yeah, know. It's yeah, like yeah. I'm not walking up to everybody, but I think some people freak out because they say I could never do that. Yeah. Well, maybe the Lord isn't asking you to do that. Yeah. The sense that everybody is supposed to respond to the Spirit of God in the same manner, in the same way, uh, I just don't think is. I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. The Lord is going to meet each one of us where where we are, and He's going to lead us and direct us, and the Spirit of God is going to lead us and direct us in the manner that he sees fit, not in the manner that I see fit. Mm. Yeah. So it's not just about, like I, I preached a little about this afternoon, this idea that, you know, these mighty works, does the Lord, is the Lord going to do mighty works in the body of Christ? Absolutely. Is he going to use different people differently? Absolutely. You know, and uh, some people he gives miracles, some people he gives words of knowledge, some people he gives other things. So mm-hmm. I think a danger is, is that we, we necessarily think that he's going to work in each person everywhere than the same and he's not going to. So why do you, like, from my, my perspective, it doesn't seem as if the average Catholic is living this life. And perhaps they are, because yeah. I don't see the interior yeah. of the average Catholic. But why do you think that might be that it's not so visible that people are living this sort of, listening to the Spirit? Yeah, I mean, I, that's a really good question. And, and it's one of the ones that I get asked a lot, because I, I get to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. I, I, I don't know. It's there's a lot to it, I suppose. I think part of it is is a lack of a lack of awareness or lack of knowledge. I think unfortunately people have gotten accustomed to this is as good as it gets. You know? I remember I was doing a retreat in one place and just talking about how the Holy Spirit wants to animate our life. And and that there's a way that I think we relegate <clears throat> excuse me, the Holy Spirit to confirmation. Co- Holy Spirit's kind of the confirmation sacrament. And yet the Holy Spirit wants to animate every area of our life. It's interesting if you look at the catechism to the married couple, it says uh, that the Holy Spirit is readily available. You know, mm. we don't necessarily think of the Holy Spirit as it relates to marriage. And yet the catechism speaks of the nature of marriage as uh, receiving reception of the Holy Spirit by the married couple. So I was talking about that, and this lady, she she just jumps up and she says, you know, I've been Catholic all my life, and to which I responded, actually, nobody's been Catholic all their life, right? We're all born little pagans, and, <laughs> but nobody's been Catholic all their life. And she says, why have I never heard this? 
to which I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. You know, that's a really good question. And, and that's, I guess, part of my desire, goal, mission is to try to make people aware of this, that, that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, I, I always do this really, really corny joke, so we'll go ahead and go with it. Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who? That's the problem, okay? <laughs> is that the Spirit of God is, is not, there you go. Is not, but, but that's really true, is that I think I call it the forgotten person of the Trinity, is, is that we have this basic idea of who the Father is, although it might be skewed. Okay, the Jesus, we're pretty, pretty good about what he did. But the Holy Spirit is just, you know, we just don't know what to make of it. And yeah, my dad's a doctor, and if dad would know what was wrong with somebody and not give a prescription for that, he would be sued for malpractice. Well, what I think is is that we as a church, there are people who are trying to live this life without the Holy Spirit. And and if we're not offering the Spirit of God to them, we should be sued for malpractice, that that we cannot, it is impossible for us to do this by, on our own strength. But then the other part is is just to help people become more aware, like the liturgy. I mean, Literally, the Eucharist is animated and, and saturated with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. We need to be able to draw that out, mm. you know? So, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, it did. And you talked about doctors and malpractice, so it made me think of doctors. And one of the ways that they try to make medicine kind of easier to swallow is they sugarcoat it, right? Yeah. So how do we make um, like this life in the Spirit more accessible to people who are like afraid of like what it might mean for them? Yeah, I think... Um, well, first off, I don't think that fear is of the Lord. So if, if we're afraid of the Holy Spirit, I think we need to be able to ask the question, why? You know, what's going on? And this is, the reality is, is I think oftentimes um, you use that, that term, that the general Catholic, you know. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, I think we become so busy in our life that we rarely actually become self-reflective and, and contem- you know, contemplate life. And, and there's that, that void or that fear that we really, large population people really can't even identify, you know, because they don't take the requisite time to be able to be quiet and still. So I think being able to, to try to figure out why am I afraid is a really good question, mm. you know? Now, what's been my experience of other people? They're afraid of what God's going to ask them to do, you know? They're afraid of what God's going to ask them to change. They're afraid of what God is going to ask them to give up, mm. which, which kind of has a, a strange idea of God that this idea that we kind of think God doesn't want us to be happy or mm. where the reality is the, the loving, the desire of the Lord is that we can f- be filled and full of this joy and presence and love and goodness. And so I think that's part of it. Um, yeah, I don't know what else. I mean, why are the other people are feared and sugarcoated? But, but I think what we need to be able to do is to try to present this in a manner that, that, God is, the Spirit of God is for us, that he wants to be able to be for us, to be on our side. And and, and I think that it causes us to really question and how we see God. What is the nature of God that we see? I think the Spirit is our encourager, is our strengthener, is our advocate, that God is for us. Um, kind of opens up the possibility that, that God's not going to ask something of us that, that we can't do or that we don't want. Well, Sometimes that we don't want to do, but as our heart has changed, we we recognize that it's best for us. Yeah. yeah. Aside from, like, um, you know, the sacraments, um, what are some daily kind of practicals you would sort of recommend to somebody who wants to kind of foster a life yeah. in the spirit? Yeah. Maybe somebody, you know, when they go to work, they're in work mode, so they're mm-hmm. not deliberately, but they're just not thinking of things of the spirit. Yeah. Um, how do we kind of? In- uh, enculturate a integration of yeah. our faith life with our whole life 
in the spirit? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And, and really what's, what's really so important right now is, is that sometimes we go into compartmentalizing, okay, the Holy Spirit part, that's at mass or something else. And, and to animate every part of our life is really, really key. Well, first off, I think part of it is that recognition and understanding that God actually wants that, mm-hmm. that he wants to be a part of your life. Like I firmly believe that a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit makes a person a better husband, a better father, a better employee, a better boss, a better colleague, you know, whatever it is that to the degree that my life is being transformed, all of those things are impacted. Um, I think there needs to be a day where uh, kind of this moment where everybody says, I can't do this by myself. This moment where every individual says, stops and says, come Holy Spirit, hmm. that, that I need you. I can't do this. by Whatever this is, right? I can't do this by myself. So there needs to be this place in this time when we do that, maybe for the first time to mm-hmm. say, you know, again, uh, John says that, that I will baptize you in water, one who's greater than I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. This idea, Leo the Thirteenth, John Paul, Francis, Benedict, all prayed for a new Pentecost, that this be a personal ex- encounter, this moment of encountering and praying for that. That's why, just to side back to what I said earlier, yeah. when I experienced that, it, it was not a bunch of people praying with me. It was be me by myself in an evening just... And maybe because God knew that that was my personality, but I've encouraged people to do that over the last 30 some odd years. And many people have had the same experience. So you don't need a big prayer meeting. You don't need a bunch of people. That's all great if that's what you're into, but the spirit of God can meet us wherever we are. Then having, as you stated, something um, just in our daily life, like I always carry a small single decade rosary with me and, and I will pray I don't know how many times just come Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and I'll just say it time and time again. It's very yeah. simple, very... Like one of the things I encourage people to do is three times a day, stop, take 30 seconds, and just say, come Holy Spirit, 10 times slow. Hmm. That moment of just kind of um, the craziness, being able to step back, even if it's for half a minute, step away from that, you know, things like that are helpful. Some people set their clocks so that the tone on the top of the hour, it's going to beep and and they hear that beep, it reminds them, I begin to just ignore it. So that doesn't work yeah, for me. Yeah. So kind of whatever works. But, you know, little things, my mom and dad did these cute things where they would write each other little notes on their mirror, you know, um, whatever it takes, whatever kind of keeps the Lord in front of our mind is, is, is important and works different for different people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think that's a really great point about the stopping at different times of the day. I think outside of the Catholic Church, that kind of looks weird. Like you're stopping and you're saying, 10 things repeated and it kind of can seem like you're saying a spell or something like that and it does something magic in your life um but really like it's a part of it is just mindfulness of absolutely god it's recollecting ourselves absolutely recollecting and and the the words there are just to kind of center yourself and and yeah whatever i mean some people will uh, jesus prayer jesus have mercy on me whatever it is again different works for different people but just that that intentionality about checking in with the Lord uh, several times during the day. It's great. Yeah, I think that's also very helpful for um, parents mm. and people in the workplace that aren't necessarily active yeah, yeah, yeah. in ministry. Um, for those that are active in ministry, though, they have, like, they're really busy as well. So what are some words of encouragement and um, ways that they can foster, like, greater awareness of the spirit in their life. Yeah. Well, I think 
Yeah, I think the the whole busyness issue is something that has to be reconciled. Is that the reality is I think most people are busy. I remember I was yeah. at, a, at actually a secular conference many years ago, and the speaker was just gave a really good talk, and he said I've quit taking pride in my busyness. You know, because it's like, well, I'm so busy. I can't. Mm. It's like, shut sh- up. Everybody's busy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we need to be able to take a look at priorities in our life. Yeah. Because the reality is, we always have time for priorities. We do. You know, I'm going to celebrate Mass every day because it's a priority in my Mass, in my yeah. life. I'm going to pray every day because it's a priority in my life. We always have time for priorities. So we need to be able to prioritize and, and kind of ask ourselves, where does my relationship with the Lord come as far as priority? And if it is a priority, then there has to be some kind of time. Like people who come to direction to me, I always tell them, ultimately it doesn't matter to me where, when you pray, where you pray, even how long you pray. What matters to me is that you pray, mm. you know, is that there's something in your life. Now, yeah, I think of my mom and dad. My mom and dad are both 81. Actually, mom's birthday is next week. She'll be 82. And their mornings are they get up in the morning and they have coffee together and then they do their morning prayer together back and forth. And then and then they'll go to mass and then they'll go to breakfast. And that's their life, the season of their life now. 50 years ago when they had six teenagers, the season of their life was chaos, yes. right? Right. And recognize that. I mean, my mom and dad's prayer life looks really different than it did when they were you, you know, yeah. when you have your kids running around. Yeah. But. You need to be able to take a look at that and say, okay, how, how is this going to work for me? Like one of the cool things that this one young couple did is um, they would go to a holy hour together. Yeah. The husband would go in for 30 minutes and the wife would do something with the kids outside and then they would switch. Yeah. It worked for them. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it doesn't matter to me what people do, but they, they look at their day, they look at their week, they look at their month and they try to figure out how they can spend some time with the Lord. That's beautiful. Yeah. My prayer life looks like kids climbing on me that's awesome while i'm praying yeah 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 yeah. Um, and it's really <laughs> so it looks bad like a... quality prayer yeah i i have to admit but it's um I, th- I i i hope that in doing that they're able to like learn something yeah. from it yeah i think i think what's important Dan, is the tension that exists yeah. now the fact that you're even aware that the lord is inviting you to something deeper something different is important and and now it's just you kind of working out what is that going to look like yeah 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 um, so your average parish in the United States of America, um, what's the best starting point for them to, you know, if, if they're a priest listening who mm-hmm. run a parish, what would you give them as an encouragement to kind of start uh, encouraging their parishioners to live a life in the spirit? Yeah, I think the the most important thing is, is A, an awareness, simply an awareness of it, that, that God's spirit is is present to us, wants to be present to us, and it opens up a, a different world. One of the images I use is of um, snorkeling. You you go snorkeling all the time, Dan. I've <laughs> been once in my life, maybe yeah. twice. Okay. <laughs> well, it's cool. So you look you look at the ocean and you look yeah. at that, and it looks really cool and pretty yeah. with the sand and the beach. Yeah. But when you put a, a mask on your face and you put your, wa- your face in the water, it opens up a whole new world, yeah. right? Animals, fish, creatures, plants, colors. It's been there all the time. Yeah. It's the same image that I use for the Holy Spirit, is that we experience the Holy Spirit and it opens up a new world for us, Mm. a world of grace, mercy, um, power, Mm. authority, all these things. And and that I think that for the priest, that that is a reality in his own life, Mm. right? That that this, this opening up of a world of the supernatural that comes about through an encounter with the Holy Spirit is a reality in his life. To the degree that it is, it will manifest itself to his parishioners. Now, from that point, to be able to invite his parishioners to the same thing. I mean, 
I don't think there's probably, rarely do I pray or rarely do I preach where I don't talk at least in one way or another how the Holy Spirit wants to be active because I'm convinced that it is the Holy Spirit that animates all of this. You know, we have the disciples and they saw Jesus do amazing things, saw him raise people from the dead, saw him heal blind. And yet in one sense, it made no difference in their life. They were in a room with the doors locked hiding. And it wasn't until the Spirit comes upon them that they actually live this life. And then they begin to say, oh, this makes sense. Now I understand. Oh, that's what he was talking about. But until the Holy Spirit came upon them, they didn't have it. I love what Jesus says in, in John, in Acts 1, go to Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the Father, we'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit and receive power mm. to give witness to me, right? Uh, I think largely, unfortunately, we have a population that have not experienced that power. And once they do, once they experience the presence of God, it... it radically changes their life yeah mm. that's that's a great answer thank you um sometimes in my role and you probably experience this maybe in spiritual direction or something similar um someone will come up and say i feel like the spirit's asking me to do this mm -hmm. and it's very clear <laughs> that no the spirit's not asking you to yeah do yeah that. no um, i usually say go for it and i just sit back and watch <laughs> you know and laugh it's like you gotta be kidding me this could be a train wreck you know <laughs> Um, and, and sometimes it's very obvious because like the, you know, like, uh, w with younger people, it might be something that is borderline sinful or yeah, yeah. like just clearly a bad decision. Um, or it might be something that's well-intentioned, but, um, probably is just not good judgment yeah, in general. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you navigate those waters as somebody who cares for souls? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good question, Dan. Um, well, first off, I mean, with the basic beginning part is, you know, is it consistent with the teaching of the church? Is it consistent with scripture? So if, if there's some conflict there, then you know, all right, clearly this is not the spirit of God speaking to you, mm -hmm. right? So I think that's the beginning part. The other is is what, what I kind of speak to, and that is, is what you're being, let's say you're being asked to, is it going to... Um, what I call actionable. So if, if the Lord is inviting me to go and tell Dan, Dan, you're supposed to, you know, give all that you have and give me the money, you know? Yeah. So that's asking something. So it's going to be actionable. It's going to be something that's asking us something of you. Well, then I need to be really clear that this is the Lord. This is the Lord speaking. If it's just, Dan, I want you to know that the Lord loves you. I mean, I don't have to worry about that. And, yeah. and just sense that, okay, this is the movement of my heart. That's a great thing. Um, how do we ultimately know? Uh, on one level, peace. First off, we pray for discernment. A gift of the Holy Spirit is discernment so that we're able to discern and kind of cut through what, what is not of the Lord and what is the Lord. And how do we come to that? Ultimately, peace. Mm -hmm. Is if we pay attention to the scriptures, there's a sense of peace that comes with the scripture, with responding to what the Lord is asking us to do. Now, sometimes that comes through trial and error. You know, there have been occasions in my life where I sense, okay, I think the Lord wants me to do this. And I'm not positive that it was. You know, now with that being said, this gets a little bit weird, mm -hmm. all right? But that's all right. This kind of, we can work there. Huh? We can do that. Um, yeah, in a kind of a strange way, I think the Lord, in one sense, delights in that, in that my desire is to do what he wants me to do. Mm. So if I sense, and I was trying to do what God wants me to do, I think he delights in that, even if it may not be totally, you know, does that make sense? Even if it may not totally be, that may not have been the best choice. Again, we're not talking about something that's sinful, you know, put myself in a position or put somebody else in a position that may not. I still think there's a, there's a sense that the Lord delights in that. In, in my desire, my heart was to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's good. How do you deal with it when, 
do you do you direct people um in regards to like listening to the spirit in their life personally yeah, yeah. i mean kind of the image that i use is of a road okay. and and that there's on each side of the road there are road what are those things called barriers what are they called road barriers barriers there we go we'll, we'll go yeah, with that nice, one because nice. i don't have the words yeah that's right <laughs> but you know that that so you're going along um and and what i kind of say is is i want to try to help the person not go off the road yeah and yet I'm not going to, like, people will often come to the priest and they'll want the priest to give them the answer. Sure. And, and I, I can't say, I mean, there have been times that there's this sense, okay, I think the Lord wants you to do this. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, my desire is to help you discern, discern to be able to hear the Lord, voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. If it's just, and first off, there are people who would be more than happy to stand up and I'll, I'll tell you what God wants you to do. I'll tell you what God wants to do. Those people make me nervous. Mm-hmm. They make me nervous. And, and what I want to try to do with somebody is, I want to help you discover what it is that the Lord wants you to do. And part of that is wrestling with it. Part of that is that I'm not going to let you, I'm going to do my best not to let you go off the road, but I'm going to let you veer around and wrestle with and go to the right and go to the left. And I mean, I look to St. Francis, you know, Francis is in his conversion. When we look at his life, that there was a wrestling. He thinks that this is what the Lord was wanting him to do. Rebuild the church, which is falling down. So he starts building churches. Is that, essentially what the Lord wanted, in one sense, I suppose, just to take a brick, put another brick on. Is there a bigger picture than that that we see years down the road? Yeah. But Francis had to wrestle with that. Well, what does this mean for you to build? Mm-hmm. Um, I want, not only want to encourage people to wrestle with that and listen to the Lord, because what good have I have done with somebody that says, okay, this is what the Lord wants you to do. How has that helped them discover the Lord's work in their life? How does that help them understand how the Lord speaks to them? So what I want to try to be able to do is let them voice that, make sure that they're not going to crash and burn, but keep them kind of going in the right direction. Hmm. And ultimately, again, I think it comes down to a sense of of, of peace and presence in the Lord's movement in that, whatever it is that he asks of us. To... um the sacraments, how do they, what kind of role do they play? Like the, the ones we can receive daily, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> what, what kind of role do they play in our uh, spirit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of them is that they are, they are a promise from the Lord yeah. that the spirit will be present in that. You know, so that I can go to the Eucharist and the Lord promises me that his Holy Spirit will be present in that sacrament. You know, I can go to the Eucharist and I can hear the word of God proclaimed, the scriptures read, and the Lord promises me that his, he is present in that word. So one of the things that the, the sacraments do, unlike the stories we were just talking about, is I think the Lord can work in some of that, but I know the Lord works in the Eucharist. I know that the presence of God, the Spirit of God is present in the Eucharist. That when uh, I go to confession and, to the best of my ability, make a good confession desiring to be transformed and changed and forgiven, that I know the Lord is operating in that priest and that sacrament, the Spirit of God is operating when he says, God the Father of mercies through the death and resurrection. So what the the sacraments provide us, baptism, I know that when the child is baptized that the Spirit of God rests on that child. Yeah. It provides us that, that confidence and that assurance that the presence of God is there. Mm-hmm. To which one would say, then let's take advantage of that as often as we can. Yeah. You know, let's take yeah. advantage of that as often as we can. Yeah. Something happened to me recently that kind of ties into what we're talking about. Are you about. sure you want to do this outside of confession? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not okay, that kind okay, of thing. Okay, okay, okay. Um, the, about to get awkward. At the, at the beginning, you, you talked about your, your talk that you just gave, gave um, about the cost of discipleship. Yeah. And, I, and I think that, you know, the life in the spirit is, you know, God wants to give us things as well. You know, there is a cost, but there is a great 
reward for the Absolutely. here and now Absolutely. as well as for eternity. Um, and just very, very recently. Let me, let me just say, yeah. Dan, I think that's a really good point is that sometimes, and, and I, I think it's hard, we think of, you know, what, what's going to come down at the end is heaven. All right, fine. But Jesus speaks time and time again of beginning to live eternal life here. So, yeah, yeah that's present here. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And I'm just wondering what kind of role this, this kind of thing plays in, um, in, in the life in the spirit. So I, I had to do a difficult work trip recently and, um, I wasn't, I wasn't particularly looking forward to it. And when I got there, um, God just kept giving, like there were coincidences and they could just be chalked off. It's just, ah, it's just a coincidence. My car got upgraded to a sweet truck nice. and I'd never driven an American truck with a it's trucker awesome, hat. So I did you put, on a put hat? out my trucker hat. That's and awesome. I'm like, did you get boots? listening to country music. No, I didn't get boots, but I do own a pair. So that right, counts. Right, um, and yeah, so that, that was one thing. Another thing, my hotel got upgraded. So I got a king size bed and I got to drive through Napa Valley, which mm. I love wine and yeah. winemaking. Um, and it was just these little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw them as a gift from God. Yeah. It wasn't a prompting. But what kind of role does that like? Well, that goes back to my analogy with the the um, mask and the snorkeling. Hmm. Is that was there all the time? What the Holy Spirit allows you to do is to see it. Hmm. Is is to be able to see the presence of the Lord in areas and places where you weren't able to see it before. Hmm. I mean, that's that's exactly what God wants to do. And and to the degree that I am more in tune with the Spirit, more present, the Holy Spirit is more present with me. Um, then I see and I recognize that more and more, hmm. even if. Okay, so, and I'll take this one step further, okay? Um, it, it's cool and it's awesome that you recognize the Lord's presence in the upgrade of a hotel. No, I'm serious. Okay. <laughs> it sounds silly when you repeat it back to me, sorry. <laughs> well, we can just cut that part off, all right? Um, but the Spirit can actually do the same thing that, that we can recognize the Lord's presence um, when our flight gets canceled. Yeah. You know, or... Yeah. Not only do we not get an upgrade, they ran out of cars. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to be on a horse. Let's see how serious you are about this now, right? Yeah. Um, and that's 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 just grace. Is is that yeah. to be able to recognize and see the Lord's presence in the midst of those things, which are not quite as mm -hmm. great. I'm not I'm yeah. not there yet. Spiritually, I've never been but... in the valley. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's right here. I'm, uh, we're going to do a Franciscan. We're going to go to some of the Franciscan missions. Not this year, next year. But I'm it, looking forward it's, to it. It's lovely. It captured yeah. my heart instantly. Um, okay, so we're going to wrap up here, uh, but I'd love you to just, you know, give a plug for The Wild Goose. Firstly, oh, okay. tell us what it is, why it is, where it is, how oh, it cool, is. Cool, cool. Great, And Thank all you. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, um, well, again, just wrestling with this whole issue uh, a number of years ago about a, a sense of, of people being trapped, uh, people kind of accepting mediocrity in the spiritual life, um, not sure how to go or where to go and no power. I wrote a book called Breath of God, and it's in John, the end of John's gospel, Jesus comes to the apostles and he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. So that that, that breath of God, which animates our life. And then just sense that uh, there are some people who, who maybe aren't going to be interested in a book or something like that. So thought, well, what other way could we present this message of the Holy Spirit to a population um, that might not necessarily go and read a book? And the term the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, the term the wild goose is the term that the ancient Celts used for the Holy Spirit. Cool. And so they, I don't know um, 
don't speak Gaelic. You, you probably don't either. I don't either. Okay. Yeah, despite okay. my red beard. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it. So, but I like that image of the wild goose. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that we have a tendency to do is we want to, for lack of a better word, domesticate the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We like the whole idea of the Holy Spirit. I mean, who doesn't? Put him in a little cage. But used to, you know, but this sense of the Holy Spirit being wild, there's something to that. Another image I use is of, of candle, you know, candle represents the Holy Spirit, the light is nice and all that. If that candle becomes a raging fire, the first thing we want to do is get it under control. Hmm. And I think it's the same thing with the Spirit. It makes us nervous. Yeah. Right? It makes it, so let's get this under control. And one ought not try to get the Holy Spirit under control, rather the Holy Spirit should probably get us under control. So I thought about, well, how could we present this idea of the Holy Spirit, the wild goose? So basically what we did is I worked with a a group out of uh, Alabama called 4PM Media, and they basically kind of followed where I was. I I travel full-time in ministry as me traveling full-time, and we did particular episodes dealing with themes. So it's 14 episodes. Each episode is about 27 minutes, just dealing with different aspects of the Holy Spirit. So in Romans 8, it says... Um, that the Holy Spirit is poured, excuse me, Roman 5, the Holy Spirit is poured forth into our heart, the love of God. So we we speak about the love of God in Niagara Falls, kind of this yeah. great, cool image of the Niagara Falls being poured forth into our hearts. So we deal with that, the Holy Spirit in a life of freedom, the Holy Spirit in the, in the sacraments, the Holy Spirit in the midst of the desert. You know, just last Sunday, this gospel was the Holy Spirit led Jesus to the desert, you know, yeah. and how do we find that? Um the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives witness. I don't know the others, but yeah, so it's it's available on my website. It's called The Wild Goose is Loose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't go to uh, thewildgoose.com. I'm okay. just, just saying that some <laughs> things there you may not want to see. Um, so we had to go with thewildgooseisloose.com. But okay. everything's available online for free. Uh, we've got right. study guides for each episode that allows scriptures, catechism, text, questions, uh, synopsis of each of the episode. Uh, they can also get it unformed if, if some people have access to it. Is your hope that people use this as a small group study or yeah, yeah, a large great. group? Yeah, that's great. That's great, Dan. Both. I think, I, think uh, I mean, it's been all of the above. There are parishes that have done it, um, and they've run it through as a parish. Uh, small group, Bible studies, prayer groups, families. It, what we really wanted to do is make it so accessible that whatever works for you. So that's one of the reasons we wanted to make it available for free. Do whatever the heck you want with it. Like people yeah. have asked me, like, how many people? It's, I have no idea how many people. It doesn't sure. matter to me. Just do whatever you want with it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. We're going to stick that in the show notes so that oh, cool. um, our viewers and listeners can find that um, awesome. and and hopefully use your resources cool. as they see fit. Cool. Um, thank you so much for being here. That's my pleasure. Dave. God my bless. Pleasure. My pleasure. All right. This is the part of the podcast where Dan and I recommend something. Dan, why don't you go first? Well, I feel silly with these recommendations. Like, I'm not like a fountain of, I don't know, wisdom. You have a podcast, things. and therefore you're an authority. Right. And so okay. people want to know, what, what, what do you're you recommend? Right. Okay, so the other day, I decided to take a concentrated work day. Okay. Okay. So I took out my RV, which I recognize not everybody here has a junky old RV that I affectionately call the Falcon. You're recommending an RV? No. Okay. I'm not. Concentrated work days. But specifically, I went to a wildlife refuge on a really nice day and just pulled up. There was no one there. 
and I wound down my windows and the birds were singing and I was going to put some music on, but I couldn't because like the beauty and the peace that I experienced, I just had to like work in silence and it was amazing. And I got so much work done in a work day, just going out and mixing things up a little bit. So my recommendation, even though I recommended their like concentrated work days, wildlife refuges is actually to mix things up in your life, like change a pattern or something, do something different, be spontaneous. You'll never know what happens. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, basically the exact opposite. Ooh, um, ouch. Well, at least when you said like, you know, like peace and quiet and silence. Um, mix it up. Yeah, no, mix it up. You're right. That's good. Um, there's an Instagram account out there called Road to Now 103. And it's a bunch of people who are listening to all the now that's what I call music. Wait, on Instagram? Albums on Instagram. So they're right starting now. at number one. And I'm assuming it goes to 102. Uh, I don't really know how many there are. But uh, anyways, it's fun to watch along. And it's like a competition. Not a competition. It's like a, a challenge that you can do to try to push yourself to listen to all the now that's what I call music albums. My so. wife follows it. They have three posts. But that's okay. I guess there's only been three now. You're, you're getting in at the we're early the adopter end. And so so uh, check it out and then Dang. you can tell your friends. You can ask them, be like, Oh yeah, you've heard of the the you know, the road to now one oh three challenge, whatever it's called. So are they are they just saying, Listen to this today and then post a photo, or are they like live streaming the entire album twenty four seven? I think it's more like their reactions, like as as like things pop up as they're listening to it. It's like there was there was the guy who listened to like Nickelback for a week on on repeat. Mm, did like, he die? Uh, just on the inside. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like that. I mean, I don't think there's rules or restrictions. Okay, it's just, it's just a fun thing just to. And it it, it wasn't opposite because like mix it no, up. Right. Like now <laughs> is the ultimate mix it up tape. So I'm gonna CD. recommend staying status quo <laughs> anyways road to now 103 at instagram on instagram check it out yeah anyways thanks for watching and listening to this podcast today we're so happy to have you uh be a part of this yeah and if you have any feedback for the podcast or there's something you'd like to see you can yeah. email us podcast at netusa.org yep and we do listen to your uh, requests and stuff somebody wrote in just a couple of weeks ago saying would you do a podcast on the holy spirit and that was cool because we had retroactively listened to them because we already had recorded a podcast on the holy spirit so yeah do that <laughs> that's awesome and we'd love uh if you left us a positive review tell your friends as well apple or Podcasts. share it with somebody who is going to benefit like give it to people that this they will benefit from hearing this stuff that's right so thanks so much for being a part of this thanks for checking this out we'll see you next time